0: Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Uh, Announcement wise, I guess in the bulletin, uh, remind that this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, we're having an Ash Wednesday service at Pleasant Hill. I have asked Laura, and the youth who are going to participate in it. And I think the Victoria and the Logan will be the acolytes uh, for the service. So we encourage you to come out and support them. I believe it told me that you in the past have had Ash Wednesday services here before. Huh? Okay. Uh, we invite you to come out and be with us at 6 o'clock. Uh, of course, Ash Wednesday uh, is the... Uh, beginning of the 40 days of Lent which leads up to Easter Sunday and uh, the ashes that we use, where do we get them? Uh, if you remember on Palm Sunday when we put the palm leaves on the church, well we're to save those palm leaves and burn them next year and use those ashes for our ash Wednesday service. Well, I tried that and wasn't too successful. (laughs) So I ordered mine from Cokesbury. (laughs) Tell you what I did, Uh, I got one of these coffee cans. I didn't know what it was made out of. I thought it was was coming out of aluminum or something like that. So I put my palm leaves in the can, set it on fire. I burned the palm leaves, the can, and everything. (laughs) So I didn't have any palm leaves. So anyway, (laughs) uh, we will have a leave. uh, actually Wednesday night. So Thanks to Cokesbury. But we do encourage you to come out and uh, support these young youth. This will be, uh, maybe this will be their first one they're uh, familiar with. It'll sort of introduce them to uh, one of the church services uh, relating to the Easter season of Lent. So. Uh, that will be this Wednesday night at uh, at 6 o'clock. Also put in the bulletin, if anyone is interested, we've talked about this over and over, if anyone is interested in doing some visitation please let me know. What I'm going to do I'm going to put a list I guess back around the back table and if you have someone you would like to be visited or someone do you want to help us visit with If you just write their names down uh we'll uh get together and go out and visit them but we do need to uh get started on our visitation program and so i'm going to do that just leave the list back there on the back table where tom's sitting and uh, if you have a name or someone you would like to have visited uh just jot their name down and uh, we'll find out how to get to their house and go and visit them and see what, uh, what we can do. Uh, as we get ready for our services, go to the Lord of the Prayer, uh, they mentioned our class Hill this morning that uh, Jerry Sullivan has prostate cancer. I didn't know that until this morning. You know, we worked with Benny there, Dodge, for years. But he's gone to uh, Vanderbilt, and I don't know when, but they are sending him to uh, Vanderbilt for whatever treatment or whatever. So let's remember Jerry and the family. Are there others? Of course, any uh, update on uh, Helen? I know Hubert called and said everything's going good. And. Uh, So, let's remember Helen and Hubert. Uh, I remember Linda Linda today, she's sick. Linda, oh yeah, I know it's Tom, we didn't see Linda, so let's remember Linda. Tammy's sick. Tammy, okay. I went to Helen and test and they about killed me. I said, I ain't going back down there no more. So, if uh, you're doing good, good to have well, you. I, I, well, I'm well. It's a joy to have Joyce back with us. We missed you uh, last Sunday. And, uh, good to have you back with us. Uh, sick too. Who? Topsy. Topsy. okay, remember. Potsie, uh is this flu and swung around or just uh, yeah. still a lot of going uh, and uh, Shelton, me missed you last week, too. Yeah. Good to have you back with us. What about Harrison and Irene today? Uh, he's having a rough day yesterday. i want to have you today, Charlie. Okay. Remember Harrison and Irene? My friend Connie has a it's her sister mom. Her name's Laura. She's uh, got lung cancer. They found out she's got lung cancer, and uh, they found a spot on her liver. You say Laura. Laura, Henry. Henry, okay. Got cancer, so Remember that. Remember, Mom, and then my family. Mm-hmm. And somebody said Caitlin was going to have that baby this week. Well, he's a full moon, so you know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> remember Larry Price too. Larry Price. Uh, yeah. That's it's just a health problem. One did Catherine do? Was it Marks and Night? So it's getting close, so it could be. Uh, so, Mr. Caitlin and uh, Richard are uh, probably counting the days, walking uh, the floor, and whatever. I had already mentioned Becca Clark, or Becca Horton. Uh, she was 26 weeks pregnant and lost her baby. But she needs lots of prayers. Did you say Becky Horton? Yeah, Becca. Becca, the ECCA? Jody Lamb's granddaughter? Okay, so remember uh, her, she uh, <coughs> lost the baby. Uh, anyone else? Remember Alayna. Alayna? And uh, Irene, oh, okay. tomorrow <laughs> they're having the, the funeral. Yeah, uh, eleven to two. Eleven to one. Then the funeral, then to the, be burned at the cat cemetery. So that'll be at West Side in Marshtown. So just remember the cats and the this lot Others? Remember my uncle Tom, he's not moved. Tom, okay. okay Anyone? getting unspoken. Let's go to the Lord. Father, as we again today come into your presence, as we come, we do so with thankful hearts for just knowing that you are there with us, that whenever we call upon your name, that you hear our prayers, and as always, you answer and give us an answer according to your will not ours but your will and father we're just thankful that we have you to come to in these situations and because we know that you are true and faithful and that you're going to answer in some way so father we're just thankful that we know you today in this way and means that we have the peace of mind of knowing that we have someone who cares and loves us and hears our needs, and responds accordingly. Father, we pray for each one that we have lifted up today, the different health problems they're suffering through, the loss of loved ones they are now grieving over, you would comfort and console them as only you can. So, Father, we're just thankful today that we have you whatever our needs may be that you're there for us and with us. And we look each day as we rise to just do all we can to serve you and to be a witness and a disciple to help build and grow your kingdom here in this community and around us. We pray for this church and this congregation. We pray, Father, for the young, the youth of this church as they are getting more and more involved in the activities and doing things that will strengthen and grow their spiritual life. And we're just thankful, Father, for the ones, the adults who are working with them and teaching and leading them down this pathway. Now go with us, Father, into the coming weeks as we have activities planned. Be with us as we will be resuming our night services uh, in a couple of weeks that we'll be back into the uh, Wednesday night Bible study and the Sunday night uh, worship services, that you will continue to bless us in these two activities and help us to reach out and to grow in numbers but above all to grow in our spiritual activity and our beliefs. Now go with the Father through the uh, the remainder of this service and the remainder of this day as we depart and go to our separate homes. We just again ask that you would continue to bless each one here as you have over this past week. Lead, guide and direct us, Father, in the way that you would have us to go. For these things, Father, we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. At this time, as you come forward, we'll receive our morning tithes and our offerings. <clears throat> Let us pray. Our Father, again today, as we receive this offering in your Son's name, we do so with thankful hearts that we are so thankful for all you have done for each one of us. Now may we in turn be able to help someone who is in need today by this offering that we are receiving in your son's name and they will come to realize and know just how much you and your son loves and cares for them. That same concern is shared by this congregation. So Father as we make our tithing this morning we do so with a thankful heart for all you have done for each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. morning we're going to go to the book of Proverbs and sort of continue, I guess, today on uh, the subject matter that we've talked about on the past couple of Sundays. Uh, And this pretty much goes in line with what we've been talking about. But uh, today I've titled the sermon, Preparing Our Youth. And I want to sort of Bring it down to uh, starting out and getting, uh, as we talk about the youth of our church, getting more and more involved in the activities and doing things within the church, then uh, we want to sort of today concentrate on uh, touching their prospects and uh, what they can do and the things that they need to build on and to grow on And so we always refer to uh, the Proverbs as being the book that would probably be classified as uh, to get wisdom or to uh, sort of study and uh, to find God's way for us because it is a book of uh, teaching and instruction. So uh, today we go to the uh, third chapter of Proverbs and again I would ask those who are able to stand. If you would, please stand as we read God's Word. Uh, Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6. Starts out by saying, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. The word of God for the people of God. And may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. As I said earlier, uh, this message pretty much will follow uh, the uh, two sermons we've had for the past two weeks. Remember, I guess uh, the first one was on God gives us a choice. And we talked about uh, we have. We come to the crossroads in our life in which we got to decide which way are we going to go. And we talked about the old hymn we it talked about we come to the crossroads and we've got to make a decision. We've got a choice to make. We come to the fork in which one road goes down the pathway to destruction. The other road goes it's said to the pearly gates. So not a very tough decision to make. It's not a multiple choice. You just have two things to choose from. So it's a very simple choice. And then last week we stayed on pretty much the same subject but uh, we talked about uh, as we're traveling that road uh, that God puts us on then we're to do studying and reading his word and meditating upon his word and Uh, learning what he has in store for us, how he wants us to go, and what we need to do as we walk down this uh, pathway of righteousness uh, leading to the pearly gates. And so today uh, this sermon today will pretty much encompass the first two sermons but as I said it will be directed mainly or talking mainly to getting the young people uh, to build themselves uh, the foundation. And uh, of course you know uh, what my favorite hymn is starts out by saying how firm a foundation ye saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in His excellent word. So, what we're going to talk about today is the young people building their foundation of faith. And what is it built up on? So, how firm a foundation do you have? Where do you need to uh, strengthen it? Where do you need to put the uh, emphasis on as you structure your foundation? And, you know, we've said before and again and again, without a good foundation, without a good foundation, you're going to endeavor and find failure because you've got to have the strength of that solid foundation holding and embracing and moving you forward. So today... As we talk about how we would look at our youth, remember we talked last week about the learning process, that it was never too early to start with the kids. Now, a lot of people will tell you, and we talked about, you know, the age of accountability, which no one really knows what. There's no magic age that we say is, Everybody reaches the age of accountability at the same time. But kids, as I said last week, will surprise you. They'll fool you. You may tell them something, and you may think they have no idea what you're talking about. But they are listening, and they are hearing, and believe it or not, they are absorbing, and they are retaining some of these things that you're teaching them at a very, very early age. So you're never too young to get an early start. And then as they progress an age, you see, you don't send them, but you take them to church, and you see that they're in church where the Word of God is taught. Uh, The Sunday school classes gives them a, Solid understanding and a basis to build themselves on. So they're never too, never too young to start. So, uh, as we started out, the very first verse there in chapter 3 says, My son, forget not my law. Well, that's what we talked about the other two sermons. God says to keep my commandments, to keep my statutes and to bind them and to etch them upon your heart. Why? We talked about when Jesus was out in the desert and was tempted. What was the weapon he used? He quoted scripture. He he fended the devil off by quoting the word of God. So that's why he tells us that we should Etch a few key verses to our heart, to our mind, so that when temptations come our way, when things come our way that we don't know how to handle or which way to go, the Word of God is there to tell us and to show us what we need to do and how we need to respond and to handle the situation. And if we do that, we will never go wrong. Too many people want to do things their way and wind up in a bigger mess than what they ever thought they would be confronted with. So a lot of of the troubles that we have, we bring them upon ourselves by trying to be so proud that we don't want anybody's help. We don't think we need anybody's help people, we're just fooling ourselves when we think that way. Why do you think, why do you think God left us this book? Whatever need you may have, somewhere God has an answer in there for you. He didn't leave this book to just be laying around. Of course, we've heard the old song about dust on the Bible, how it gathers dust because it's never used. God left it to be used every day to study and to find ways to bring about solutions that are acceptable and are workable. So, uh, a lot of our troubles we bring upon ourselves. Because it starts out by saying, Do not forget my laws, and let your heart keep my commands. Because it says, Peace and long life, it will give to you. Well, we hear that in the Ten Commandments. That if we're seeking peace and contentment, it can be found only through God. Mankind cannot give us the contentment and satisfaction that God offers to us and gives to us. So keep my commandments because peace and long life it will give to you. That's basically been what we've been talking about for the past two weeks, three now. Keep my commandments. Study my word. Know what I would have you do under certain situations. So keep it on your heart. So, as we said last week, no matter where you may go, the word of God will always be with you, ready for use whenever needed. Then we've got down to verse 3, and it says, not says, to not forsake truth and mercy. Write them upon your heart. Just as we were told to ex-God's word upon our heart, we are to take truth and mercy and put them upon our heart. And it also goes on to say, to bind them around thy neck. Because, again, that way they will always be with you. You'll always have. Some segment of the Word of God with you whenever and wherever you may need it. Truth and mercy. Two more things that are very, very needed in our dealing with people and with ourselves. Then I didn't read verse 7, but I want to drop down to, and you can read it later on. Uh, When he says, do not be wise in your eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Do not be wise in your ways or in your eyes. what I said a minute ago. Too many people are wanting to do things their way. Why? Well, we always come back and we may be wrong when we say this but we always like to say it's their people the people's pride and their ego they feel like that if they have to ask someone for help or if they have to call upon God to help them that that makes them look weak I would contend to you that it's just the opposite that shows a stronger person that shows a more mature person knowing that they don't know the answers, knowing that they need help, and above all, knowing who the one person is that can give them that help. But yet they, for whatever reason, are negligent in seeking the true answers, the true support that would bring them through quickly and uh, without a lot of troubles and sorrows but yet they're too proud to admit that they don't know all the answers. They don't know everything. They need help. So he says, do not be wise in your eyes but fear the Lord. Now we've talked about the fear of God what it means or how we look at it and we've talked about the fear of God doesn't mean that we're afraid we're going to get uh, beat up or physically whipped. When we talk about the fear of God, we're talking about the reverence, the reverent fear, knowing what God holds over us. Because when we look at the 111th Psalm, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, if we admit right off the bat that the Word of God is our solution, if the Word of God is the answer we're seeking, just think how far ahead of the game we are. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Also, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, It says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is also able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So God is telling us there that we're not to fear mortal man who can kill us physically but can't condemn us to hell. He says, don't fear, don't fear the man who can only kill the body. But, it goes on to say, but fear him who can both kill the body and soul in hell. Now, who can do that? God is the only one that can commit anyone to eternity in hell. Yeah, I... I am go out here, or you can go out there and kill somebody, take their life, but that's the end of it. But God, not only can take your life, but he also has the power to commit you to an eternal hell. So that's why he's saying, this is the one you need to fear, the one who can kill your body and also condemn your soul to an eternal hell. So when we talk about the fear of God, we're not talking about a physical. We're talking about a reverent. The reverence that goes with it. That we know. God holds eternity over us. And here again it's our choice. Is to which one is it going to be? Is it going to be heaven or hail? Again, a very simple two-part decision. It's not a very long, drawn-out decision to go through? Very, very simple. Do I want to live forever, or do I want to die forever? End End of the question. So, if we go on reading, in verse 9, God promises that he will supply all of our needs if we will only come to Him, you know we've talked about time and time again. We can't outgive God, and a lot of people I know they question, "Where does my tithing go? What good does it do? Uh, what are what is the money used for?" But God says that we will bring our tithes to Him. He will supply us with an abundance that we can never, never have room to receive. Everything that he has to give to us. We read there, verse 9 tells us, to honor the Lord with your possessions and first fruits. We've talked about first fruits. What is, uh, what is our first fruits? That's the best, isn't it? A few farmers growing crops. Uh, the very best that you produce, that's what we give God. We give God the very best because He gives us His best. He gives us His Son. So we give our first fruits, which is the very best of whatever it is, crops, our tithing, whatever. We give the first fruits. We give the best to God and then let Him do with it as he sees the need and what the need may be, he says, "So that your barns will be filled with plenty." We go back to Malachi three ten. It says, "Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and try me. I will open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings." There will not be room enough to receive. Very simple statement. Try me. How have we we tried God? All too often, our trying Him is maybe in neglecting, not doing everything He wants us to do. But He says, if you'll just try me, I'll give you more than you can ever be able to receive. Whatever it is, just call upon me. Try me. And you'll be surprised at the abundance of what you will receive just because you obey God's will. You obey God's commandments. You obeyed His desires to do what needs to be done. Very simple thing. Again, try me. Not too complicated. It just it just requires dedication and commitment, the willingness to do to just see what to see what God will do for you. If you will only give him that opportunity. Here again. God is giving us a choice. As we read on through the entire chapter of the third chapter of Proverbs. It ends simply by saying. And it's uh, verse 35. Goes all the way through verse 35 when it says, The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. One Bible says, Shame shall be the legacy of the fools simply because they didn't try. They didn't use God to their being. They made the choice to do things their way, not God's way. But he says, the wise they shall inherit glory. The legacy of those who deny God, those who refuse God, their legacy is going to be shame. Disgust. Disappointment. Disappointment that you didn't have enough faith to believe what I tell you. You didn't have enough faith to just try me as I asked you to do. That will be the legacy of those who reject Jesus Christ and his commandments and his statutes and his desire for each one of us. So today as we again come to the close we can say God has given us a choice again, and as I've said over and over again, I have no doubt that the one time am talking to today you've made that choice. But the people who are not here, who are out here in the community, for whatever reason, have no desire to be in God's house on Sunday mornings or Wednesday mornings, Feel like they don't need God in their life. These are the ones we need to be concentrating on. These are the ones we need to be making a commitment to go out. And that's why I say if we have any dissertation that needs to be done, let's get on with it we've talked about it, we've talked about it, well, let's do it. Or just forget it. So these are the ones we need to be thinking about. And as Matthew tells us, the harvest is great. But there's just not enough laborers to bring the crop in. We are the laborers that he says there's not enough of. Them. We need to change that. We need to get busy. To reach out and be your voice in this community. And Father, help us make a commitment to the youth of this church to do all we can to grow them stronger and stronger in their work within the church and their work for you and your son. Now go with us, Father, as so we go to our respective homes. Continue to lead and guide us as you have in the past. All these things, Father, we ask. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remember, please stop and you can make it um, as